Executive communication is the art of making the complicated simple. How am I gonna walk them through this so that they get it easily, quickly, seamlessly, and intuitively so that no one is lost? And this is where you start to become like an advisor or a confidant for executives because you're able to facilitate higher value discussions that result in decisions that move your work forward in a very, very powerful way. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very excited to be recording this podcast because every once in a while, I will get a burst of inspiration, like a big burst of inspiration. An idea will hit my mind like a lightning bolt, and I just feel like I have to get it out of me and I have to create the podcast episode. My creative process can be very spontaneous and very unpredictable, but when a good idea comes to the surface or I finally realize a way to explain something to you that I think is going to make a lot of sense and really, really help you, sometimes I just got to get it out, and that's what we're doing today. I got an idea and I got to get it out and I'm so happy that you are here to listen to it. If you're new to this show, welcome. There are quite a lot of new listeners of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but this show was featured in the New York Times earlier this year. So you may be someone who has recently discovered the show because of that New York Times article. If so, welcome. I'm Jess. I used to have a corporate career. I started my nine to five career at McKinsey. I went to law school, realized in law school that not only did I not enjoy being a lawyer, I wasn't actually very good at it and it wasn't really a match for me. So I pivoted, worked at McKinsey, was so excited to start there, got there. It was just a total crap show. It was so hard for me. I felt so like stupid compared to everyone else there. I had imposter syndrome. I really, really struggled to find my voice and it was rough. <laughs> I go into it in other episodes where I share more of my story, but the TLDR of that is it was rough. And it took me a few years in my nine to five career to move past that, to find my voice, to build confidence, to really become successful. And I created this podcast because when I was struggling in the early phases of my career, when I was first getting started at McKinsey, I remember just searching and searching for advice, for inspiration. I especially wanted to hear from successful women who weren't perfect and who had built success despite having challenges, despite doubting themselves, despite having a lot of fear and anxiety, despite, you know, not being neurotypical. I just felt like I wanted to hear from women who I could relate to and who felt similar to me and that they were flawed and messy and human so that I could believe that I could do it too. And just everywhere I looked, the successful women that I was hearing from at you know, lunch and learns and women's panels and trainings and professional development workshops. They were just all so put together and so 
perfect. And I started to feel really alienated. I started to feel like the only one who was really struggling. And when I got to a point later in my career where I had really moved past some of those struggles, I realized that maybe I could be that person for someone else. I could be someone talking about how hard it was for me, talking about what a hot mess I felt like, talking about how much I doubted myself, how anxious I was, how hard it was, like how awful it felt on some days, and how I figured it out and found a way not just to be successful in my corporate career, but I was successful in a way that felt good to me. I was thriving. I kept getting promoted. I became an executive in my early 30s. I was working at really high profile companies, reporting really high up in these organizations, and I didn't feel like I was pretending to be someone I wasn't. I felt like my communication style was authentic. I felt like I was really aligned with my values. It just felt right and it felt good. And so I wanted to be a voice telling women, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay if things are hard. It's okay if you're struggling. You can figure it out. You have the potential. You absolutely can do it and you can do it in a way that feels really good. That's what I'm helping you with in this podcast. And just to round out that little sneak preview of my story, I spent several years in my corporate career. I started this podcast on the side as a passion project and fell so in love with it that I made this podcast my full-time career in 2021, and I've been podcasting full-time and being a career coach full-time ever since then. And today's episode is about one of the core topics of this podcast. It's a topic I'm obsessed with. I'm such a nerd when it comes to communication. I love words. I love the artistry of thinking about how we can use words to convey a message really powerfully, really thoughtfully in a way that's really interesting for people to hear. So I love helping you and helping my clients get good at communication. And that's what we are going to do in today's episode. I'm going to be walking you through a really simple concept that is going to help you elevate your communication and the quality of your communication to the next level. So excited. I'm going to be using lots of analogies today. We're going to be talking about chocolate. We're going to be talking about movies. We're going to be talking about wedding gifts. And it's all going to make sense. You're probably thinking right now, like, what? Like, where are all these things going to fit in? But it's all going to make sense once I dive in. I have two exciting announcements for you today. Announcement number one, doors to the Art of Speaking Up Academy are opening in a couple weeks. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is my group program. It is my signature group program where you will build confidence, elevate your communication skills, and learn to speak with authority and confidence in your voice so that your audience perceives you as someone who is competent and someone who knows what they're doing. You will learn all of the technical communication skills that are required to do that so that your communication skills are furthering your career and not inhibiting your career. The way that I think about it is our communication skills can either propel us forward professionally or inhibit us. And I want you to have communication skills that are so solid and so strong that they are propelling you forward in your professional trajectory. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is designed to give you the learning and the tools and the support you need to make that your reality. And I'm going to be opening enrollment for that program May 1st through May 12th. Here's how I think about it. And I'm going to be referencing this throughout the episode. 
Communication is a skill. It's a skill just like any other skill that you would need to succeed in your job. A podcast like this one is helpful. It gets you started. It helps you take a few steps forward. But if you want to develop real expertise and have a well-rounded skill set, then you need a little bit more of an in-depth experience to make sure that you are learning, understanding, and integrating the foundational concepts that will make you a really effective communicator That is what I help you with inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but there's more to the story than that. My favorite thing about the Art of Speaking Up Academy is what I think about as the inspiration factor. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is not just about learning communication skills. It's about putting yourself in an environment where you feel inspired to believe in yourself and your own potential. This is hugely important because I'm sure you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that powerful communication is not just about the technical skills and the know-how. It is also about the inner confidence. Without that confidence, it is hard to step into the spotlight, to speak up, to make your voice heard, and to exude confidence when you speak. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you get the accountability, the support, and the mindset work that you need to help you believe that you have the capability to grow and that you 100% can do it. That is one of my favorite things about being a coach, and that is hands down one of my favorite things about the Art of Speaking Up Academy. It truly combines the technical communication skills with that internal inspiration and confidence building that you are going to need to evolve into that next bigger version of yourself. Mark your calendar, doors open May 1st through 12th. Second announcement is that in honor of doors opening to the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I've created a free audio course. It is free, it is convenient, you can listen on the go. It is called Three Steps to an Unstoppable Meeting Presence. And in it, I walk you through the three foundations that you need to speak in a way that is confident, crisp, and effective. You can get it for free, But don't wait because it will only be on my website for a couple more weeks and then I'm going to be taking it down. So get it today at jessguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources. And now we're going to get into the meat of today's episode. I sometimes will realize this often happens when I am with my clients and I'm working with them and I'm helping them, you know, get better at communicating. I will realize that I have a piece of knowledge around how to communicate more effectively that comes so naturally to me that it doesn't even occur to me that it's something to even talk about or teach. And this was one of those things where I had this light bulb moment and this light bulb realization that this is something that feels quite intuitive to me. I think it's because I'm a creative. And if you identify as a creative, I bet you'll really like this episode. But I think my mind just naturally works this way. And so it didn't occur to me that this could be a helpful thing to talk about because I didn't even realize I was doing it until recently. And so what I'm going to be talking about today is helping you elevate the quality and effectiveness of your communication. And I'm going to be walking you through the difference between content versus packaging. And I'm going to be explaining what packaging is, why it's so important, and how to get better at it. So 
For me, content and packaging have always been two different things. But for a lot of my clients, they blur together in their minds. And I didn't realize that until I was talking with my clients and really starting to understand that this two-part framework that is really clear in my mind was not as clear in their minds. And I was like, okay, I have to talk about this on the podcast. So when you're speaking to an audience, whether you're sharing a verbal contribution off the cuff in a meeting, or you are walking them through a presentation, whatever it might be, there are two things happening in your communication. There's the content, and then there's how the content is packaged. And if you're like some of my clients, you might treat these as the same thing. You might think, okay, I have something to share. I have an idea. Let's just call this content, whether it's an idea, a PowerPoint presentation, right? Whatever it is that you're sharing, you have content and you're like, my job is to share the content with my audience. And you don't go through the second phase, which is the packaging phase, which is where you say, how do I make my content appealing, digestible, and intuitive for my audience. Now, the best way for me to explain to you what this looks like and why this is so important is through an analogy. And so we're going to use the analogy of a wedding gift. I want you to imagine that you are going to a good friend's wedding and it is a very fancy wedding. I want you to think of a hotel that is in your city or near where you live, that is very luxurious, the best of the best. I live in LA, so maybe it's like the Beverly Hilton or the Beverly this or the Beverly that. I don't know. There are a bunch with like similar names. One of those fancy hotels. And I want you to imagine that you go on your friend's registry and you pick out something. Maybe there's like a beautiful glass pitcher, like a water pitcher on her registry. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get her the water pitcher and you order it, and it doesn't arrive until the last minute, and you don't have time to wrap it up. And so you grab it, and you bring it to the wedding, and it's not wrapped. And you get to the gift table, and you see these sprawling gifts wrapped in shiny paper with ribbons and glitter, and there are these beautiful-looking boxes of all different sizes. And then you look at your unwrapped Amazon box and it has like some dust on the sides from the shipping process. The cardboard is a little bit dented. There's a part of the cardboard like on top that it got rained on and then it dried. So it's like kind of like half soggy, half crunchy. And you put your box on the wedding gift table and you're kind of cringing because you're like, oh my gosh, this box is like, it's dusty, it's dirty, doesn't look good. And like, Look at these beautiful gifts, and I'm at this beautiful wedding in this beautiful hotel, and look at this freaking box, right? Now, here's what's so interesting is that the gift is the gift. Like, you got your friend this beautiful picture. So why should it matter? Your friend is going to open the box and get the exact gift that she wanted on her registry. And so how is it then that this one superficial thing, the packaging, has such an enormous impact. Like, how is it that it can really make you cringe, right? And it might make other people cringe too as they see it. And yet, what's in the box, the gift, is the same. It's beautiful. It's incredible. 
This is a great way of understanding the difference between content and packaging. It doesn't matter that the content of the gift is what she wants because the packaging has an enormous impact on the experience and perception of it. Again, the content is exactly what your friend wanted, but content alone isn't enough to make a strong impression. Whereas if you had lots of time to wrap that gift, and you bought really beautiful wrapping paper, and you got a little gold like ornament with her name and her husband-to-be's name like carved into the ornament, and you tied it onto the packaging with ribbon, and you put some dried flowers interwoven with the ribbon, and it's the most beautifully packaged present that you've ever wrapped up, and you put that on the wedding gift table, you're going to feel so proud. You're going to if you're anything like me, like I love wrapping gifts. I love making it pretty. I love getting all the ribbons. Give me all the glitter. Give me all the things. I love it. I live for it. So, when I wrap a present really well and it's really good, I feel the sense of pride. I'm glowing. I'm excited. Again, the content, what's inside is the same. And what's so interesting is the wrapping gets thrown in the trash. Like most people don't keep the wrapping. I will say if I get a really nice wrapped gift, I, I keep those components either for myself or to recycle for something else. Shh, don't tell anyone, but I keep them. But most people throw it away. Most people don't keep that stuff. And yet it is so important. And I want you to imagine the difference between how you feel in your body when you drop off the dusty cardboard box that is crinkly on top from being in the rain Versus when you drop off the beautifully wrapped gift with the custom ornament and the dried flowers and the gorgeous ribbon. You feel a sense of lightness and pride when the gift is wrapped beautifully, at least if you're anything like I am. And you feel a a little bit of a cringe when you drop off just the cardboard box. And similarly, your friend is going to have a different feeling when she picks up a cardboard box versus a present. Not that she's going to be like, oh, that bitch, I can't believe that she didn't wrap it, right? But you know, like you, I mean, come on, we're human. I'm human. I like, I prefer getting a gift that's wrapped than a gift that's just in a box. And when it's wrapped beautifully, you feel really special and you smile. And there is, there is a real human experience in that. And so the packaging has no bearing on the content. It's completely separate, right? It has like literally nothing to do with what's inside the packaging. And yet it makes an enormous difference in how you feel dropping the present off and how your recipient feels getting that present from you. And the packaging is so irrelevant in a way, quote unquote irrelevant, that it gets thrown in the garbage usually after, and yet it still matters. So it's interesting, right? Because on the surface, It's really just the contents of the gift that are the whole point and the packaging, we just throw it out like supposedly we don't quote unquote care about it, but that's actually not true. The packaging makes a difference in terms of how we feel about the content. And this is the perfect way for me to explain to you packaging when it comes to communication and when it comes to elevating the quality of your communication. So Just sharing information with your audience without thinking, how am I going to organize it? How am I going to simplify it? How am I going to make it digestible for them? Sharing content without going through that process in your mind is like bringing them the Amazon box versus when you pause and ask yourself, 
how can I make this crisp, sharp, and easy for them? It's as if you're showing up with that beautifully wrapped, like beautifully customized gift. Now, I want you to understand this on an even deeper level. And I want to talk about why packaging makes such a big difference for your audience, why it is so important when it is seemingly such a surface level thing. Because the truth is, information is information is information. If you've got to tell your audience something, maybe you need to tell them the project was a success. Maybe you need to tell them the project was a failure. Like you have to deliver some sort of news. It is what it is. If it's news of a success, it's good news. If it's news of a roadblock or a failure, it's bad news. And the packaging doesn't change what the news itself is. And so it's. I think it's easy for us to think like, well, then why does the packaging matter so much? Like the contents are the same. And in order for me to really hammer home for you, why getting good at packaging what you're sharing is going to benefit your career so much is I want to talk about the idea of pleasure, not sexual pleasure, which is often, I will admit, what my brain thinks of when I hear that word, but just straight up pleasure, enjoying something, something that is pleasant to the senses, something that evokes joy, something that gives you a good feeling. We're going to talk a little bit about what pleasure is, and we're going to dive into the experience of pleasure. And this is going to really help you see why getting good at packaging your content and not just delivering your audience that cardboard box is going to change your career. So I define pleasure as something that evokes a positive sensation. It could be a positive physical sensation. So for example, chocolate I put a piece of chocolate on my mouth and the sensation that I feel on my taste buds is very, very pleasurable. I I don't know about you, but I love dark chocolate so, so much. I have been eating a lot of dark chocolate peanut butter cups lately, and I think they're so much better than milk chocolate ones. They're from Trader Joe's. They are so good, but I love chocolate. And when I bite into that chocolate, dark chocolate peanut butter cup, and I feel it on my taste buds, I experience the physical sensation of pleasure. But a pleasurable sensation doesn't always have to be physical, although it can. Think about a really soft piece of clothing that feels really nice on your skin. Or I don't know if this ever happens to you, but sometimes I have days where my hair feels extra soft and I can't stop rubbing it and touching it because that softness feels so good on my fingers. So that's another example of a sensory experience of pleasure. But pleasure can also exist in the mind. We can experience pleasure in a more heady, inside our minds kind of way. I think about reading like a really good book, like a page turner where you just don't want to put it down. It is so good or a movie that you are totally, totally engrossed in, or maybe even a podcast that you enjoy. Things like movies and books and podcasts can evoke more of a psychological experience of pleasure. It's not like the chocolate where I'm tasting it on my tongue or like a soft piece of clothing where I feel it, but I experience pleasure as I watch the movie, as I read the book, as I listen to the podcast. And one thing 
that is a human tendency that all humans do, that humans are wired for, is that when we experience pleasure, our brain learns that was nice and it goes back for more. That's why I keep eating at the restaurant that gives me the dark chocolate peanut butter cup when they bring the check out because I eat the chocolate, my brain goes, yay, my taste buds are happy. And it's like my brain makes a little mental file. That restaurant equals happy because peanut butter cup and I keep going back for more. So anytime that we have a pleasurable experience as humans, we are wired to go back for more. We are wired to seek more. This is why we always want to make plans with our friends over and over and over. This is why we want to eat dark chocolate over and over and over. This is why whatever, whether you're thinking is books or movies or podcasts, why we tune in, why we watch, why we read, why we listen over and over and over is because when something is pleasurable, we want to come back for more. Now, packaging, when you package your communication well, your audience experiences more pleasure consuming it. This is very important. Now listen, pleasure in a corporate setting, in like a meeting, hearing someone talk or present slides is not the same as like pleasure in a movie theater, watching an amazing movie or pleasure eating chocolate. It's different, but it is so, so real. And just like a really good movie will immerse you and make you feel so much pleasure. Whereas a movie that's like confusing or overwhelming or not the kind of movie that you like is going to make you feel the opposite of pleasure. Communication is exactly the same. When you don't package your communication, when you bring your audience the cardboard box, they either experience no pleasure or negative pleasure, like displeasure, right? When your communication is well-packaged, like the beautiful wedding gift, your audience experiences a lot of pleasure in the way that you're sharing the information. So what I want you to take away at this point of the episode so far is that when you don't package your communication and it's just in the Amazon cardboard box, it is less pleasurable for your audience, just like it's less pleasurable to receive an unwrapped gift in a cardboard box. And when your communication is packaged and is wrapped beautifully, it is pleasurable for your audience. And just like I mentioned, pleasurable experiences are ones that we seek out over and over and over again. So when you come to your audience with a beautifully wrapped, shining, gorgeous gift, like beautifully packaged communication, they're going to instinctively desire more, whereas when your communication is not well packaged, they are not necessarily going to feel that pull within them to want more of it. So now that I've walked you through this idea of something that is not packaged versus something that is packaged and explained how something that is packaged creates a more pleasurable experience for an audience, I want to talk about how (laughs) you package your communication and what that actually looks like. So just like with a gift, you start with the contents, you start with the picture, and then you put the wrapping around it. Similarly, when you're sharing something with your audience, you want to start with the information. Here's the information. Here's what my audience needs to know. 
most people stop there, right? They plan their meeting agenda. They put together their presentation. They're like, this is what my audience needs to know. Here it is. And they think they're done, but they haven't wrapped the box. So how do you wrap the box? Here are some things that you do that help you wrap the box that will help your communication be well packaged and help your audience have that pleasurable experience that keeps them coming back for more and thinking really positively about you and not just your communication skills, but your work, right? Like when people see that your communication skills are good, the thought that they have is that your work is good, right? Just like when, you know, if you've ever done a secret Santa where you're picking a gift from the pile, you don't pick the gift that has the ugly wrapping. You go for the pretty looking one because you think it'll be better, right? So it's similar when your communication is well packaged, people make assumptions about the quality of your work. And those assumptions are warranted because I think that communicating clearly and effectively is part of the work. It is part of the responsibility, particularly as you advance into leadership, communication matters more and more. So what does it look like to wrap your content? Now, a really easy way to wrap your head around this, pun intended, is to think about this as something that is serving the audience and something that you're doing so that the audience feels good. And so it's all guided by what is going to work and feel good for my audience. Now, there are a few things that you're going to want to do to package your communication beautifully like the gorgeously wrapped present. Number one is you want to make sure that no one in your audience is confused about what the heck you're presenting and why you're presenting it. Especially if you're speaking to a group of people, they all have different amounts of context, information, and understanding about what it is you're even sharing with them. So you really need to think about how can I give context and background so that no one in my audience is lost or confused? Because as soon as someone is lost or confused, that is not pleasurable for them. That actually feels really bad. Being lost, not understanding, that's not a good experience for your audience. So you want to ask yourself, of all the people in my audience, who knows the least And what information and context do I need to share with them so that the person in the room who is the least knowledgeable and has the least context can keep up with what I'm sharing? And I really want you to think about it. When something makes sense to you, that is psychologically pleasurable. It doesn't feel good when things don't make sense, right? Like think about sitting in math class as a kid and the teacher's like teaching you the formula or the theorem and you're like going through it and trying to get it. It doesn't feel good until you make it to the end and it clicks and you see the concept and you're like, oh, but up until you have that moment of clarity, it's unpleasant. It doesn't feel good. It's not until you are caught up and you get it that you have that feeling of like, yes, I get it. And so you want your audience to have the feeling of getting it, getting the math theorem, getting the formula. You don't want them to have the feeling that you have when it all feels fuzzy and confusing. So you need to ask yourself, what context do I need to add? What foundations do I need to lay so that my audience doesn't have that bad, confused feeling? Now, there's more to packaging than just that. The other piece that you have to think about is structure and simplicity. 
you can't just take something complicated and share it to your audience. So often when you have something complicated that you need to share, you keep it complicated. You share it in its natural complicated form rather than taking the time to simplify it. The problem is complicated is not pleasurable to your audience. Simple is pleasure. Just like if you're watching a movie and you can't keep up with the plot and there's too many things going on and you're just like losing track and you can't put it all together, just like that movie is not as enjoyable as one where you're following what's happening and it's making sense. Similarly, if there are too many elements in what you're sharing and you haven't simplified it for your audience, they are not going to have a pleasurable listening experience. So you need to take what it is you're sharing with them, even if it's complicated, and you have to find a way to make it simple. And here's the thing, executive communication is the art of making the complicated simple. That's literally what it is. Because executives, your boss, leaders in your company, they're making complicated decisions and thinking about complicated things all day long. However, they need those things, that information, those decisions, they need it presented to them as simply as possible. Because every ounce of mental energy they spend trying to understand, to clarify in their minds something that's complicated and confusing is energy that they can't spend on the decision itself because they're just trying to understand the information before they can even get to the decision, the action step, the takeaway. So whatever it is you have, you want it to be as third grade level simple as possible. Now, when you're sharing something complicated, this is hard. It requires you to pause, to slow down, to step back and think, how am I going to walk them through this so that they get it easily, quickly, seamlessly, and intuitively so that no one is lost? That requires extra work on your part, Just like wrapping the wedding gift beautifully is going to take some extra time and some extra effort, right? That takes way more effort than just bringing the dusty cardboard box. So you're going to put in more effort, but your audience is going to get a beautifully wrapped gift and the impression, the positive impression of you that comes with them getting that gift. Now, when you make complex things simple, not only is it going to be more pleasurable for your audience. But this is something that a lot of people miss, and this is something that was hugely responsible for why I was so successful in my corporate career and why I got promoted so quickly. When you make complicated things simple, your audience, especially if they're leaders, especially if they're busy executives, your audience gets it faster, right? So if you put a slide in front of them with something very confusing and complicated, guarantee You're going to waste time in that meeting answering their questions and making sure they understand what's on the slide. You're going to have to spend time clarifying the complicated stuff that's on the slide. But if you simplify it, if you make it clean, intuitive, crisp, seamless, simple, you walk them through it, you explain it to them, they get it right away. You're not wasting any time clarifying confusion or making sure they get the basics and get the foundations. What happens when you don't have to slow down 
and spend time explaining the foundations to them is that they can now have the higher level discussion with you because you don't have to get in the weeds with them of like, what is even on this slide? What does this mean? I don't get it. Can you explain this? They get it right away and then they start thinking higher level about the business. You put this graph in front of them, they get it, it's clear, it makes sense. You walk them through it crisply. They're like, oh, okay, I see what's happening in this graph. This thing is growing and this thing is shrinking in the business. Great, what does that mean for us? What are we gonna do about this? And then you start having that higher level conversation with them. And when you and your content, your slides, your work is facilitating the much higher level conversation over and over and over, the work you're doing builds momentum faster and impacts the results of your team and your company in a much bigger way. Because instead of spending 30 minutes of the meeting explaining the complicated thing that confused your audience and then the other 30 minutes talking high-level strategy, you spend zero minutes explaining the thing that confused them and you spend the entire time talking high level about the implications. And this is where you start to become like an advisor or a confidant for executives because you're able to facilitate higher value discussions that result in decisions and insights that move your work forward in a very, very powerful way. This is when you start to have an outsized impact. I, I cannot stress to you how important this is. This is huge. And I think we don't realize. We think, I'll just put it on the slide. I'll just slap it on there. It'll be fine. And you don't realize the trickle down, like the full cascade of impacts that happens when you present something complicated versus when you present something simple. And so that's another example, simplicity, making the complex simple of how you package things to create that pleasurable experience for your audience and why it is so freaking important. Now, this episode's getting kind of long, so I'm gonna share the last thing that you can do to package your content better and make it very appealing to your audience, and this is to make it personal to them. So when I talked about you wrapping that beautiful wedding gift, I talked about how you got a custom made charm with your friend and her her groom-to-be's name engraved in it and you attached that to the ribbon on the gift and because the gift had that little charm with their names on it, it felt so personal, it felt so special, it made them so happy. And this is another thing that you can do to create a more pleasurable experience for your audience is to think about how can I make it personal to them? Now, you don't have to add an engraved charm to your presentation, but what you do wanna do is think about what does my audience care about? What do they get excited about? What's important to them? And you want to make sure that you are referencing the places in your work where your work connects to what is important to them. That is what's going to make them care about your content. So for example, if you are having a conversation with your boss and walking your boss through a project that you're working on, instead of saying, hey, I want to share with you the results of this project, you would want to think about what does my boss care about and how can I incorporate that into how I walk them through this? Oh, my boss cares about our team showing that we are driving 
a high marketing budget ROI for the company. Okay, cool. In what ways is this project helping us do that? Oh, well, in testing all of these different marketing channels, we're slowly but surely driving up the ROI. So this project is actually really helping with what my boss cares about. And instead of me saying, hey, I'm gonna update you on us testing these marketing channels, you would say, hey, I'm excited to walk you through the results of this project because we're making steady progress towards increasing ROI. We've been testing different marketing channels and figuring out which ones perform best so that our team can continue to drive up that metric. Immediately, when you tie it back to what your boss cares about, which is the ROI, they're going to feel happier, more pleasure, because they want to win. They want to be successful. They want those numbers to go up. And so you really want to be thinking, what are those small touches, those custom engraved ornaments that I can weave into my presentation, into my content that makes my audience feel excited, feel happy, experience pleasure. And when you do this, just like with chocolate, Just like with pleasurable movies and books and things we love, you keep your audience coming back for more. When your content is well packaged, your audience has a much better experience consuming it. And communication and sharing information is how, literally how you show your work to executives. So if your boss or an executive at your company pulls you in and says, hey, I want you to work on this, you're not really going to be sitting with them actually working on it. You're going to go off and work on it. And then you're going to regroup with them and tell them what happened. And then you're going to go off and work on it and regroup with them. So the only exposure that they're going to have to you and your work is the communication of the work itself. And when that communication feels to them like chocolate, They're going to want to put you on their most important, most key things. And this is going to pave the way for you to move through the organization more quickly because you are going to become more valuable to those leaders. And when you're highly valuable to the leaders in an organization, it is much easier to advance, to get promoted, to get interesting projects, to get job references, to build relationships that push your career forward. So it's really as simple as chocolate. It's really as simple as wrapping a present, but it will do wonders for your career. So that brings me to the end of the analogy portion of the episode. And if you want to get really good at packaging your content and communicating in a way that keeps your audience coming back for more, join me in the Art of Speaking Up Academy, where you will learn that in depth. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, we spend time looking at actual examples of content and slides so that you can learn how to take these concepts and know for certain that you are applying them to your communication correctly. One piece of feedback that I get from my clients who have done the Art of Speaking Up Academy is that when they learn the tools and they learn how to get really good at packaging their communication, it helps them feel confident because they come in knowing that what they're sharing is super high quality. It's the same as walking into the wedding reception knowing that your gift is beautifully packaged and not in a dusty cardboard box, it gives you a feeling of pride, it boosts your confidence, and it makes you feel so much better about walking into that reception and taking up space because you have a beautiful gift to drop on the table. That is what I'm going to help you with inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. Mark your calendars, 
Doors open May 1 through 12. And don't forget to get your free copy of my audio course, Three Steps to an Unstoppable Meeting Presence, where you are going to learn how to build confidence, how to participate in meetings more, and how to exude confidence when you speak. You can grab it on my website at justgazetcoaching.com slash free resources. Make sure you get it today. I'm going to be taking it down in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to close out the episode with a teaser trailer for three steps to an unstoppable meeting presence so that you can get a sneak peek at that free course. Let's take a listen together. The first very obvious thing that starts to happen is you use your voice more, you speak up more, you take up more space. There's a part of you inside your mind telling you not to do it, telling you why you shouldn't do it, persuading you to keep quiet. It is a muscle to be able to take action even when all of those things are happening in your mind. And you know what that muscle is called? It's called confidence. So often you might spiral because of the uncertainty of not knowing whether you're doing a good job. When you have mastered the technical skills of effective communication, you will know hands down you are doing a good job. The more you get promoted and rise up and get in a leadership position in your career, there's going to be curveballs for sure. There are going to be things that happen but you're going to have that confidence and that internal knowing that you know how to stay strong and exude the kind of presence you want even when those things happen. And that is going to make you feel so damn confident. So there you have it. If you want the full experience and all of the content so that you can fully dive in, head over to justgazetcoaching.com slash free resources. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will put all of the links I mentioned in the show notes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about chocolate with me. (laughs) And I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.